Hey guys, thank you for taking the time to watch this message. It's our prayer that it speaks to your heart. So let's get started. There we go. Amen. Someone say amen. You ready for today? You've been blessed by this series. Someone just say amen. God is good. See how many church people we have here today. God is good. All the time and all the time, God is good. They're grabbing my table here. I may just sit Indian style here on the stage today. Is that all right? But as we end this series in relationship, I hate ending it. Everyone say, aw, it's coming to an end. And if you haven't got it in four weeks, three weeks, something's wrong with you. You need to go and get some help. I'm kidding. But I'll pray that through today. Today, I'm going to help us to be able to categorize. Someone say categorize. Categorize our relationships. We are created by a relational God for relationships. That doesn't mean everyone has to be married. Because if you're single, you didn't do nothing wrong. Amen. You're not messed up. I mean, I don't know. But I'm your pastor and I'm going to be nice to you today. I don't know. The thing is, there are things in our life that we do have to get right before God's going to open the door for certain relationships. Amen. God is waiting on us sometimes. We are praying, God, open the door. God, bring us into a connection with someone that can help open a door and opportunity for us to be able to enter into what you want us to enter into. And we're waiting on that. We're praying for that. But yet God is waiting on us to release things before he moves us into those things. Amen? And so I pray today, thank you guys. Let's give these guys a hand. That hat, man, if I could pull that off, John. But I want God to take me into new things. I want God to open the door for me. How many of you know that God opens the door and God blesses you through people? Did you know that? What do you mean by that? And I'm going to talk about it a little bit today that the gift that God has given you, look at your neighbor and say, You are gifted. Come on, you are gifted. Now, you may be gifted in speaking, you may be gifted in um, hospitality. Who's good at hospitality? I know some of you are. Who's good at cooking? Lift your hand. Keep your hand up. I, I want to come over on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Someone just bring a thing of oil. We're going to pray for my wife. <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> my wife can cook excellent. But she lifted her hand just as a joke for me. Anyways, inside thing. Um, but you're gifted. You're gifted at hospitality. Who's good at hospitality? You're good at hosting people. Who, who's a gifted singer? Now, there's going to be a lot of people who lift their hand, but I'm going to be honest with you. If you've ever watched American Idol, there's a lot of people that think they can sing, but they really can't. <laughs> but you may be gifted at that. You may be gifted. Can I tell you, your gift may be giving. I would love for that to be my gift. I know part of it, I love to give, but there's times in my life where I haven't been able to give the way I wanted to give until I learned how to give properly from what I had, amen? And then I went from being the borrower to the lender. I was no longer the borrower, now I'm the lender. I can lend what I got, amen? So through this series, I pray that, look, it's not just about marriages. It's about finding the heartbeat of God. What's the heartbeat of God? It's to learn how to love, to learn how to open my heart to you. But we're going to learn how there's, there's a difference. You know, the Bible says not only once, but eight times. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Those are the only two commandments that you're really supposed to... Look, we know that there's all the ten, right? The shall nots. We talk about this all the time. But there's two shalls. If you follow the two shalls, you'll get all the other ten right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? But there's a difference of being in love and then loving someone. The love that I have for my neighbors, the love that I have for those around me, it's a compassionate love. It's a, I care about you. But there are different categories, there are different stages that you should have when it comes to relationships. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that I care about you any, any less. It's just a different type of caring. It's a different type of love. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Come on. If you're single, I may have just started something. Who knows? <laughs> but to, to, to set it simple, I, I'm in love with my wife. I'm not in love with you in that way. That would be weird. <laughs> Does that make sense? So there's a different type of love that takes place. So in that, you have to learn how to categorize certain things because if you don't categorize them, what you will end up in, you'll end up in a toxic relationship because you have now put somebody in a category that they don't belong in. It's a good teaching today. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this, trust me. Uh, I'm going to read something to you in a minute, but let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, church, just pray with me right now. Come on, we know how to pray. Don't be ashamed to pray in this place. Don't be afraid. You can open your mouth. You can, you can share the words that God has put in your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, move in the rest of this service. We thank you that you've already shown up, Lord. This is just a building without your presence, Lord God, but because you are here, it is now a sanctuary. Lord, we've done our part. Father, we prepared. We, we've set a program, Lord, but Father, we, we pray, Lord, that you just have your way. We prepared, Father, just to be, uh, Lord, just pleasing to you, but God, I pray that your agenda takes over right now, Lord God. Say what you want to say, Lord God. Do what you want to do in our lives. There's brokenness in this room today. Lord, there's hurt and there's pain in this room today. There's, there's neglect and abuse that have come through the doors, Lord God. But Father, today we lay it at your feet and we pray that you take over right now in our lives. We want to have a relationship with you. We want to have an encounter with you. We don't just want to know about you, Lord God. But Father, we want to know you in an intimate way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give the Lord some praise today? Amen. <clears throat> Are you ready to preach today? You got to preach with me. But through the series, we've seen, you know, we had the panel last week. that was amazing. Everybody that was on it, we thank you so much for being part of that. You answered that way better than I thought you would. I always get nervous when I pull people up on stage. Not that I don't trust people, but you never know what people are going to say, right? You don't know how long they're going to take, but you guys did amazing. Can we give them one more hand? And I love that we had just a mixture of race and age and, and you know, wit. <laughs> we had some funny people that were up there. We had some serious moments, and it was very good to hear from others of, of people who were married for, you know, 30, almost 40 years down to people who were newlyweds. People who are single. Anaka, you killed it too. Did an awesome job. Amen. I pray God just got a multimillionaire husband ready for you. Can I get an amen? But I want us to understand today as I set the stage for this message that Jesus came to restore the relationship between you and the Father. Amen. 
Because you, you got to remember, in Genesis, covenant was broke. Adam and Eve sinned. Jesus' blood had to be shed, so there was no sacrifice of animals anymore. Amen? And the blood fell from the cross and, and, and met the ground where you were created from, and covenant came back together. Someone shout amen. We can stop there and just have prayer now. Amen? But God came, or Jesus came for this relationship to be mended, but the cross is shaped like this. Amen? He also came for this relationship to be mended as well. But the problem is this. This people relationship, it's a little harder to restore than this relationship. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the other half of fixing this relationship is not in your control. Isn't that true? If you could change their mind, would you do it? If you could change the way that they act, would you do it? You know, the problem is, is we try to do that. I'm trying to convince you or I'm trying to, to show you my way so your way will become my way now and I will win and it will all be my way. Right? But the other half is not in your control and are you okay with that? Ephesians 4 verse 3. This is my main verse today. It's very short. But I want us to get this. It says, make every effort. Someone say every effort. That means, like, don't give up after the first try. Make every effort to keep the unity. This is good. The unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Okay? Now, I want you to understand something. The word peace in the Old Testament is referring to the word shalom in the, in the Hebrew, correct? Now, in the New Testament, it's different. Because it's a translation of the Greek, that word peace is referring to relationship. Did you know that? So in other words, when Jesus was being born, he said, peace on earth. I'm going to teach you something. Goodwill to men, right? In other words, relationships, he's coming to build and restore the relationships on earth as well. Peace I give unto you. In other words, he wants the relationships to be restored, not only with the Father, but also with one another. He came to bring that peace. The fact is this. There's a lot of people who are in this room right now. You might not even know because everyone's got a smile on their face. But a lot of people in this room today that have been through brokenheartedness. Have you ever, been, you ever had your heart broke? Lift your hand. Right? There was a song written about that. Someone once said, don't break my heart. My achy, breaky heart, right? <laughs> I think me and you, we're only Texan ones. We only know that song, right? Anyone ever heard that song? Have you ever had a broken heart? Lift your hand. You've been there before. I'm going to tell you what, it's not fun. Sometimes you, you can get over it quick. Sometimes it takes a long time. Can I tell you, there's people probably in this room today that your heart was broke years ago, but you haven't got over it yet. You're waiting on them to fix it when it's not their job to fix it. But can I tell you that your heart didn't get broke by things. Your heart got broke by people. Right? Things cannot break your heart. But let me tell you this, the only people that can break your heart and that can hurt you are the people that you love. Follow me on this today. I'm talking about the intimate love, the, the people that you allow into your heart, that kind of love, not just the caring for you. 
because I can care for you, but not care what you do. Does that make sense? I can care for you, but what you do, I don't have to let affect me. But if there's someone close to me that I've let in and I've allowed in, that I'm in love with, now you can be in love, like I'm in love with my wife, I'm in love with my children in a different way as well. I'm in that type of a love relationship. I love them in an intimate way. Intimacy is not just sex, okay? Can we just get that out right now? Intimacy is into me, see, right? You're, you're part of me. You know every part of me, inside of me. You, you know my heart. I open up to you in ways I won't open up to other people. All right? You're getting this so, look, I talk fast. You're just going to have to keep up. If not, go back and watch the recording online. I'm talking about that close love. But if I don't love you in that way, you can cause me problems. You can bring a lawsuit against me. But if I don't love you in that way, you cannot then break my heart. Because the only people that can break my heart are the people that I've given my heart to. Tell someone this is good. I'm amazed, though, at how easy people give their heart away to other people. You ever just, maybe that's you and it's okay. Like you, you love people and you're a good person. But yet you don't know the boundaries and the limits of giving that part of you away. Has anyone ever done that? I've done that, man. Got my heart broke and grow. I remember being a teenager. It was a while back. But I remember it. And I remember I'd go back and, and my heart would be broken and then I would put on my mixtape. Anybody have a mixtape? I'd put my mixtape on, man. And I'm not going to lie. I even had one for sad moments. I'd put it on and, you know, it'd be playing some sad stuff. And, you know, it just, I'd feel bad for myself. But I'm amazed at how people, I, I do a lot of counseling. and I sit with a lot of couples and a lot of singles and people who have been through relationship problems. And I'm, I'm amazed at how easy that people can open that up and just give away things to people that don't belong to them. They give them the opportunity to break their heart. Why? Because they're giving people a place inside of them that they have not earned. Have you ever given someone a place inside your heart that they have never earned? You jump right into every relationship. I'm not just talking about couple relationship. I'm talking about even a friendship. I'm talking about an acquaintance. There's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance. Now look, don't be upset if everybody is not your friend. Is that okay? Are you grown enough to not worry about that? Listen, I'm going to tell you as a pastor, it's hard. And I mean it this way. Because people will get offended so you guys ain't going to like me after this service. People get offended so much if I don't get to spend the time with them that they want. I got one, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't understand that, I'll explain. It's hard because you know, any of you that have, or you have children or you have family around you or people that you work with, you can get pulled on. You don't have time for everybody the way that they want to. To them, you're top, you're, they're top priority. Does that make sense? But yet people take it as neglect from, from me or from my wife or whoever maybe. This is just my side of it. Is that all right? Because we don't get to spend that quality time. And it doesn't mean that you're less of a person or less of a friend to us. It just means in life I've got to learn. I have to prioritize what I feel 
is necessary first, right? That's my little disclaimer. I got it out. But we get brokenhearted so easy. We get offended so easy. But the only people that could truly break my heart are the people that I allow in and I give them the access to things and opportunity to things that they have not yet earned from me. You see, most relationship hurts and, and we see you know, people who are, are struggling in an area in their life. Most relationship hurts come from us putting relationships, check this out, in expectations that it was never designed to meet. We put that relationship into a category, expecting it to meet a certain thing that it was never designed or created to meet in the first place. My wife was not created to meet my needs. I was not created to meet her needs. The Bible says that he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Not my wife, not your spouse. Jerry Maguire had it wrong. You don't complete me. I don't complete you. You are who you are. And I've got to accept the fact that she's going to be her. She's got to accept the fact that I'm going to be me. You have to accept the fact that I am going to be me. I am not you. and You are not me. So therefore, we are going to see things different and do things different. But are we grown enough to get along with that and accept that and understand that? And to trust each other enough? See, it's, that part's hard. Because we've been hurt before, so that trust is just broken somewhere along the way. And now the first thing that happens, or they don't show up, or they don't give us the attention we want. We're mad at them, we're offended at them, and now we're not going to talk to them. We're, we begin to hold a grudge in our mind. Anyone else besides me ever do this? We begin to, to create a character in our mind of who they are that they're really not because of things that we've been through in the past. We begin to judge them and blame them for what other people did to us. And now, all of a sudden, they're them. We're going to brand them as them because of what they did. And now I'm seeing signs of it, so you're all of them. Isn't that true? Every, because I'm seeing the signs, I hope this makes sense to you like it is in my mind. If I see the signs of you even remotely acting like the person that hurt me, you are now all of them. And everything they did, you get blamed for it. When truthfully, it's really not even that. And there's a whole nother reason. There's a whole nother attribute to why my actions are the way they are or yours to me. But yet we get so easily offended and relationships get tainted and hurt over these things. And we're expecting something from a person that should never have been in the category that we put them in. Why? Because we want to be loved. We want friends. It's okay. It's okay to be accepted. It's okay to want to be accepted. I want to be accepted. But I'm not going to let that hinder my relationship with God. If you don't accept me, I've got to learn to live with it. Is this okay so far? <laughs> they might run me out of here after this. I have to follow you out of the building. It's all right. But most people that I see that have split up in a relationship, whether it's a divorce, whether it's um, a, a boyfriend-girlfriend, whether it's an engagement, whether it's a friendship, whether it's family that I've seen that have split up in a relationship, those people that split up usually end up looking for something in someone else that they already had from the other person. 
But the other person just won't give it to them. Now, there's reasons for that. I don't know all those, and they're all going to vary. But usually when you see people that have split up in a relationship or they split up in a friendship or they're having problems, what they do is they end up going to look for love in all the wrong places. And what they're looking for is usually where they started the whole time. But yet the other side of that will not release what it is that they're looking for for a reason. What you got is pretty good. What you got is great. Who's around you? They're not all broken. They're not all bad. But my question is, why are they holding back from you what it is that you're searching for? Is it out of hatred? Or is it because something you did? You ever misuse someone's trust? You ever misuse their trust to the point to where they will not give you what it is that you're looking for? And you're trying so hard to get the release of that back in your life because you want to connect with them and communicate with them and and be intimate with them in in some kind of way to where relationships are restored. But yet, that's not happening. And what's going to happen in life is somewhere along the way, if that's not restored, that's not mended, if it's not fixed, then the parties that are involved are going to end up going separate ways looking for that fulfillment. Amen? Whether it be intimacy, whether it just be attention. How many of you know sometimes you just want someone just to listen, just to talk to? Someone just to talk to, just to, to not be alone all the time or to not just share your thoughts in your own mind, but yet get it out. Someone to have fun with. Someone to have a relationship with. Can I tell you that the Father longs for that relationship with you today? He's longing for that relationship. What kind of relationship do you have with Him? I mean, we say that we're Christians. We say that we love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, and all of our mind, right? That's all of our emotions and everything. Do you really love the Lord like that? Is that a hard question? Is that a true question? We don't like to think about that question. Do you truly love the Lord? If you love the Lord, you know where I'm going with this. How much time do you spend with the Lord? Is the only time that you spend with Him saying, Father, give me, fix me, heal me, mend me? Or do you love him enough to read his letter? I'm talking the whole Bible. Do you love him enough to spend quality time in conversation with him? Do you love him enough to to create an atmosphere? Because the Bible says he dwells in the praises of his people. That's where he dwells in, right? He dwells in that kind of atmosphere. Do you love him enough to where, where he is trying to come to is an inviting atmosphere? Is that the kind of love you have for him? Because can I tell you, he recognizes the other kind of love. That I'm going to use you, love. That I love you only when you have what I need, love. That I love you when I'm hurting, only love. Right? You ever, you ever met someone? Look, I love my kids so much. But can I tell you, I can see right through things now, kids. I can tell the moment that my daughters approach me, the way they approach me, <laughs> you parents know. I know, I don't even, I just say, what do you want? How much do you need? (laughs) What's this going to cost me? Anybody else? Why? It is nothing bad. They're kids and I give it to them. I love them. But the thing is, I, I can tell and I can see right through that. 
Can I tell you that God can see right through it when you do it to him as well? And I'm not saying that God doesn't love you enough where he's not going to fulfill it. He's not going to meet your need. But how are you coming to God? What kind of relationship is this? But have you put God, listen, into a place where there are certain expectations that he is not supposed to be meeting? And the moment he doesn't meet, see, that's what happens. When we, put, we categorize people in the wrong place, God shall supply all your needs. I understand that. But it doesn't say God shall supply all your wants. Someone just shout amen. What do you mean? When you have categorized God into a place that he does not belong in, what do you mean? God will supply your needs. God will bless you. But that doesn't mean that God has to give you everything that we whine and cry about. God's not going to fix everything for you because he's given you the ability to do things yourself. God's not always going to send a check in the mail out of nowhere. God can do that. Right? God can send someone. We pray for God. Send somebody into my life to open a door. When God's saying sometimes, he said, look, I stand at the door and knock. Right? These doors have been open. You just haven't walked through them. You have the ability to go through that door. You have the ability to do the same thing that they can do. But yet we want other people to do it for us. And the moment that that doesn't happen because we put God into that category, we're expecting something from him that he should not be doing for us. We get mad. and We walk away. Come on. Is that true? You wonder why people walk away from God or why they get offended in a church. Look, I know there are right reasons, too. There are valid reasons. But the majority of people that get up and they walk away from God or they walk away from a church is because you have been offended over something that you should not have been offended over. You have put an expectation upon a pastor, a worship leader, a member, a friend, whoever it may be, that they should never have been categorized to meet in your life. Why? This is not about you. It's about God. This service, our church service, worship, coming into God's house is not for you or me. We gather together to lift up the name of Jesus, but yet we come in like a wounded patient every single week. Oh, woe is me. I've been going through this 20 years. If you've been going through for 20 years, it's not God. It's you. Remember the man that sat by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? He was lame. And Jesus walked up to him and he said, you know, why are you laying there? So do you want to be made holy? He says, every time that I go to get in the pool, someone goes in ahead of me. He began to complain and make excuses. And Jesus looked at him, and I love to rephrase this in a way that, that I think it makes more sense. He says, do you want to be made whole? In other words, he's like sarcastic. Like, do you even want to get up? Are you comfortable where you're at? You're comfortable with everybody bringing you stuff or bringing you here every morning and taking care of you and meeting all your needs because it's easy this way. Or do you even want to be made whole? Because being made whole means that you're going to have to start doing stuff again. It means you're going to have to get back out in the dating scene. It means that you're going to have to go back out there and open yourself up to build relationships with one another. It means that you're going to have to break down the barriers that have come in between you and your spouse and once again be vulnerable to be intimate in conversation and whatever that may be for you. I've got to open myself up. I've got to be vulnerable again. Do you want to be made whole today? Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Above all else, what does it say? Guard your heart. For out of your heart flows the issues of life. 
Can I tell you something? You might not like this, but my issues today, they're not created by the devil. My issues were not even created by other people. My issues were created by what I allowed to get into my heart. Tell your neighbor, I allowed it. Come on, it's my fault. Because people can do bad things to me, but I can't let my heart get bad because of that. And even though they've done bad things, can I tell you, I can still have good issues. Isn't that good? Even though, because out of your heart flow the issue, right? So even though they've done bad things to me, that does not mean I have to allow it to get in me and have bad issues in me. If I can keep my heart clean. I can't let myself be poisoned by what you've done to me, by what you've said about me. Why? Because I've got to guard my heart to make sure that my life has good issues in it. Guard my heart. doesn't mean you're not going to hurt me. It doesn't mean you're not going to say things to me that hurt my feelings, right? Sticks and stones. But I don't have to allow that to get into my heart. It may get into my mind a little bit, but it's not the thought that passes through your mind. It's the thought that you allow to stay in your mind that matters. What are you dwelling on? I can think about what you're doing to me as they don't like me or maybe they're going through something and they're just acting out right now. And we can fix this. It's all right so far? I just felt like ending this in a, in a good way, in a loving way, but a hard way. We got to understand things because it, it's about our relationships, how we can deal with one another. The reason being is because there's going to be a lot of times you've been all called to the great commission. What's a co-mission? That means God is with you everywhere you go on that mission. You're not alone. He's called you to it, so he's with you through it. Amen. But you've got to understand that, that that means that you're going to have to deal with people. How are you going to lead people to Christ if you don't talk to people? And you're going to deal with a lot of different kind of people. The Bible says, be all things unto all men. How can I do that if I'm offended by everything you say and you do to me? How, how can I do that if I cannot find a connection or relationship with you because maybe we're different in some ways? I've got to try to find that common ground and understand how to navigate through this thing. But we have to get to the point where we understand that in our heart, we cannot allow things to affect us and poison us to create issues that then will trap us. Why? Because I'm not letting what you did to me poison me and keep me in a prison for 15 years, come on, and allowing those issues to navigate and dictate and direct my destiny or where God wants me to go. There are people in this room that you have allowed things that have happened to you in the past that were not right, but you've allowed that to get in and cause issues. And can I tell you, one issue always will cause another issue. It's contagious. It's like an infection. Why? Because misery loves company. That doesn't just mean people. That means other issues. You're always going to find an issue and another issue and another issue. I'm going to run through these four things real quick. Three things. And we're going to close on some prayer. But there's different types of people that will come into your life and also exit out of your life. But you have to have the ability today to identify. Someone say identify who those people are. When they first come into your, you ever had someone come into your life and you're like, man, this is a ride or die person. They're going to be with me. We're going to be together a long time. I can just tell we hit it off. You ever felt close to someone, like closer than normal, 
in a good friendship way than when you first met them that you did have someone else. You know, you get common ground, right? You know, they're my kind of people. Is that okay to say? That's not cliquish. That doesn't mean that you hate other people. No, there are just certain people. How many of you have just a, your, your group and your around of people, you just have like a small group of people around you that you hang with and you actually really spend that time with? Nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean you hate everybody else or just some people. Look, you can't be best friends with everybody. <laughs> BFFs, right? But there are certain people, and I'm going to categorize them real quick. Number one, there are people in your life that are designed to help. Someone say help. What do you mean? They're there just to help. They're there to help you through something in that season of your life. You all know who people like that are in your life that have been through. You've been there sometimes at some point just to help. Maybe help in business or help through a training or, or help to get a position or to help to, to make a connection. You ever have people that are good at networking? They, they're there just to help network and connect you to something else, but you don't have that close, intimate friendship and relationship with them. They're networking partners. Help you through a project. And these are usually people who will pop in and then they'll pop out of your life. And most of the time, someone say most of the time, these relationships are temporary relationships. And most of the time, these people really never get to know the other you, the real you, the real Ronnie. If they got to know the real Ronnie, they probably wouldn't want to network with me. But there's, a, there's an area of, I, I have to keep you out of a certain thing. Because you only receive a person by how you perceive a person. Amen? I'll explain that in a minute. Certain people that you have to keep them at a certain level. They should never be on the friendship level. Please don't take that the wrong way. I know that we are friends with one another. I'm not trying to unbiblicalize, if that's a word, what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about your friendships, your close relationships. There are people that you network with. There are people that become your close friends. Okay? And you'll understand what I mean by this. Why? Because, like I said, we receive someone by the way that we perceive them. What do you mean? Do you, you remember the story in the Bible of the woman at the well? The Bible says she sat down next to Jesus. He's talking to her. And all she did, she began to complain and complain. You know, we're not supposed to serve your kind. Everyone else, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, Jesus got sick of it. Right? And she wasn't receiving him until she seen his gift. Because he looked at her and he said, hey, he said, um, go get your husband. <laughs> she said, I don't have a husband. He says, yeah, that's right. You had five. And the one that you're with now, you call a close friend. Right? And because she's seen him now in a different manner, because his gift was being used, she said this. She said, she said prophet. She said, I now perceive you as a prophet because of what you've done. She's seen his gift and she now received him because of his gift, but she would not receive him before she seen that gift being displayed. So then she began to receive him because of how she perceived him. Does that make sense? And so there's certain people in life that you have to let perceive just certain things of you. I can't let my guard down in front of everybody. I, people all the time, Pastor, just, just come, down, come down here. Just let your hair down in front. I can't do that all the time. Why? Out of respect. I don't want you to disrespect me on that level. I don't want to disrespect you on that level. What do you mean? I don't, can I be honest with you? I don't, I don't want to come to all your houses and, and, and look, I know there's times I got dirty laundry and we got dishes laying around. We got five kids, okay? 
but I, I just don't want to see that part of you all the time. I want to have you and see you in this area where you are in your life because I can keep that level of respect from you in your life, right? But once you cross that line, once you, you break that barrier, and, and I know that you want to be ever been friends with someone and, or you've been a leader to them or a mentor to them, but you've crossed a certain line, not a bad line, but you let them in in areas they shouldn't have been into and they didn't earn that. And because of that, they treat you different. They talk to you different. They don't call you sir, ma'am, or boss anymore. Right? Oh, we've been there with our children at times. I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. (laughs) You ever had to say that, parents? Love them. But I'll love you with the five-fold ministry. That's what I'll do. (laughs) The right hand of fellowship. I'm getting somewhere with this. I'm not going to hold you along, but I want to get through this today. Is it okay? This is good. People that are there just to help you. To, you're there to help one another. Mark 6 and 5. It even shows that how you receive people. Because the word of God said, Mark 6 and 5. Jesus said, look, it said, a prophet is without honor only in his hometown, among relatives, in his own household. Why did they not receive Jesus when he went back to his own? There's only certain things that could take place. Why? Because the people that were in his hometown when he went back there, after him doing all these other miracles, now that he's back in his hometown, it could not happen. Why? Because they were looking at the young little Jesus, the baby Jesus, right? They were looking at the one that grew up probably, you know, kicking sticks and throwing rocks and being a boy like he's supposed to be, and they wouldn't receive him because of how they perceived him. Doesn't that make sense? That's why it's hard to connect and sometimes get through to your lost family members because they know you as the heathen that you used to be. And that's okay because you used to be a heathen. I don't know. That's why it's hard sometimes in a relationship for me to gain trust or her to gain trust back again. Why? Because of how we perceived each other through past problems. Make sense? It's hard sometimes for people to come into a church and to receive from a pastor. Why? Because of how you perceived other bad situations you've been through. What if God judged you from what the last person did to him? How would that go? What if God judged you because of what I've done? You'd be in a herd of trouble. I'm just going to tell you now. You see what I'm saying? Number two, there's friends. I only got one more after this, so stick with me. We'll beat all the other churches to the restaurant, I promise you. Someone say friends. Friendships, they're based on two things. All right, you ready? Access, everybody see access? And information. Come on, access and information. I can call you a friend all day long, but if I don't allow you access and information, then you're not a friend, you're an acquaintance. It's okay because you're not meant to be friends on that level with everybody. It's okay to have acquaintances. You need them in your life. You don't want to, can I tell you, friends are great, but friends are trouble, man. <laughs> They'll drain everything out of you. I'm glad, look, I'll be honest with you. There's only a handful of people, only a few people I can truly say love me. Really, the real love. Everybody else, it's okay. I just, I want acquaintances. It's too much for me to keep up on. It's too much. Katie, you get this, don't you? 
Katie loves people, but she's an introvert too. I love people, but there's areas in my life, even though I love to be around people, I'm still introverted in a lot of ways. Why? I don't want to deal with your mess. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I know it's my job as well. But do you ever get sick and tired of other people's mess? <laughs> you ever just like, you don't get it yet. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. So I'm just going to keep on doing what I got to do. I mean that in a good way, to be patient with one another. <laughs> but there are certain people that are meant to be acquaintances. There are certain people, people that are meant to be helpers to you. There are certain people that is on that friendship level. When Jesus shifted the relationship with the disciples, he said this, I no longer call you servants, but now I call you friend. And he said, because a servant does not know his master's business. Access and what? Information. Access and information. Can I tell you, stop giving close friend information out to your acquaintances. Usually if I got a problem with my close friend, I start sharing the wrong information with my acquaintances. Why? Because I'm looking for a friend. I'm looking for someone to come into agreement with me that they're wrong. So what do I do? I look for anybody else to justify what I'm doing. And I start telling them everything that they should not know. Oh, come on. This is good. Isn't it good? And I tell them things and I bring them in on a level that they should never be at because they didn't learn it. I'm not just pointing at you for any reason because she's a good friend. But you bring them in on that level that they don't belong in. They haven't earned that. And because of that, I have now given them information that they don't deserve. Now, what's going to happen with that information? They're going to misuse it. And they're going to talk about you. They're going to hurt you. Hey, and it's okay. They were never supposed to have it in the first place. They didn't know what to do with it. It's your fault for giving them information that did not belong to them in the first place. Come on. And they misuse it. And then what do you do? You turn around and get mad at them for sharing information that didn't belong to them in the first place. Stop. Stop giving close friend information out to acquaintances. Oh, oh, oh. Married couples, stop talking about your marriage with single people. Stop talking about your marriage with other married couples. That does not belong there. And then all of a sudden, you find that you don't talk to this couple anymore. Why? Oh, they talked about it. Well, you shouldn't have told them. You should have never told them what was going on. I know that you do have people that you can do that with. I know that you do have family and counselors that you can talk to about. But don't get mad at them when they misuse information against you. You have categorized them into an area they don't belong in. And now you're expecting a certain thing from them that was never meant to be. Amen? Husbands and wives, there is, I could tell her anything. doesn't mean she's going to like it. But there are certain things that I don't need to bring to her. I'm not talking about secrets. I'm talking about that she is not meant to fix. God is. This is good. I've got to bring certain things to the Father because Crystal was not meant to heal those things. Crystal was not meant to fix those things in me. I can complain to her all day long. I can get mad at her for not fixing it because I've categorized her and I'm expecting something to happen through her that she was never meant to do. 
But I'm mad at her because she hasn't fixed it. I'm mad at her because she hasn't changed it. I'm mad at her because this is still going on. Childish. Isn't that right? We do this. So we have, number one, help. Number two, friendships. And I just want to talk one more thing on friendships. And a real friendship. There's times in a friendship, in a real friendship, that you may be down. Now you're my friend. <clears throat> she may be down. You ever been down before, like down and out? And because now she's down, there may be times where she is going to draw on me, pull on me a lot more than she normally would. You ever had someone be there in your life? They, they draw, but you're your friend and they're allowed to do that. Why? Because through the course of time, she has deposited, come on, she has deposited enough in this relationship that she is allowed to draw from it. What do you mean? There's a savings. I can preach on that all day long. She has built up in the savings to where she can draw on that when she needs it. This is going to come a time where I may be down and out. And because of it, I can draw on the friendship that we, she can have to be there for me more than I am for her. And I can draw on that now because I've deposited in the savings for what I knew one day I would need. But can I tell you something? There's nothing worse. And woe unto you if you have a friend that all they do is constantly draw on you and pull on you and they don't deposit anything in you. Marriages. The other one pulling on you constantly, drawing on you constantly to meet their emotional needs, to meet their physical needs, to meet their whatever need it may be, but yet they have not deposited over the course of that relationship. And you wonder why you feel like you're just friends. You wonder why you feel like you're just roommates. It's because roommates don't have that connection. They're not making deposits in one another. You wonder why that friend of yours is getting tired of you. Because you're not depositing back. Amen? Amen? You wonder why your children aren't listening to you. This is deep. This is good. You wonder why you don't have that connection or relationship like you used to. It's because you're constantly drawn, but you ain't given. No deposits are being made. Can I tell you something else? That's all I got to do. Point up. You know what I'm talking about. Are you constantly trying to draw on the Father? without making a deposit into heaven. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my... Do you really? You're really giving to God. Are you really giving of your heart? and your? T- Are you depositing into the kingdom of God with your finances, with your time, with your love, with your compassion to others? Are you constantly coming to God like this? Give me, give me, fix me. For some of you, that bank account may be running low. Right? My last one is this, if I can get you guys to come up. It leads me to it because those kind of relationships where you have one side constantly drawing from the other, constantly pooling without making a deposit, what you find is those relationships end up toxic. Someone say toxic. Toxic relationships. This is where you're doing all the giving and they're doing all the taking. Okay? You're doing all the giving 
And they're doing all the taking. But the problem in a toxic relationship is this. You're okay with it. Stop being okay with it. Stop being okay with it. But can I tell you this? It's okay to stop being okay with it. This is hard. What do you mean? The problem is, is I, I want to be okay with it because I love you enough. Do you see what I'm saying? I love you and I want to keep doing for you. I don't want to see you go without. I want to keep fixing. And, and I know maybe you're going through a season. For some of you, you've been going through a 20-year season and they keep giving to you and giving to you. And now you're at the point where you're just taking it and you feel like you're enabling that person because you're constantly giving out and they're not giving back. But not, now you're used to it. You're okay with it. You've learned to live with it. But can I tell you, you're never going to help them and you're never going to help you if you allow it to keep happening over and over. What do you mean? Sometimes you got to kick the little baby bird out of the nest, mamas, daddies. Sometimes you have to have the ability to say no. Everyone just look at your neighbor in a loving way, but a stern way and say no. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it. I want to be honest with you. I am uncomfortable with that. No. I'm sorry. I don't like to tell people no. I'm a, I'm a doer, man. I'm a giver. I, I would rather see you happy than me have. Anybody that knows me will tell you that. I like stuff. I like to do things. I'm a bargain shopper though, right? But I want to see you taken care of. I want to see you in a good place. I'm very hospitable. My wife, I love to cook. My son's the same way too. My daughters are. Are you in here, daughters? Maybe they're working the kids. They're not as much now that they're not in here. They're not as much as my son is. But I mean, I'll cook. I have certain gifts. She has certain gifts. There's no right way out of this one. I'm just going to keep going with it. <laughs> I'm already in the hole, okay? But when I cook, I don't just cook. I cook homemade. I cook deep. I cook good. At least I believe so. But I don't just cook. I'm going to prepare her plate for her. I make her plate up. I'll even cut your food for you, won't I? Thank you. Thank you. But she has to learn to love me because, look, this is the true love relationship because they know all the good of me. They know the around the clock, Ronnie, right? She knows all the bad and all the good looking. <laughs> she has to deal with that. But that's me. I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to serve it to her. I'm going to bring it to her and I'm going to set it down with a drink on the table. Right. Not every day. Quite a bit, though. But because of that, I've deposited into this relationship so on the other end of it, there's certain things she does for me that I don't do for her. But if I don't watch, I can find myself very easily in the position of constantly taking from her. Maybe I'm in a bad place over here. And I expect her to fix that for me and, and help me through this. And you take care of me because I'm emotionally going through something over here and now I have put her in a place where I'm expecting something from her and I categorized her in a place she should never be in and so I become mad at her because she hasn't fixed it. When she's being blamed and accused for something that she should never have to fix. Toxic. And for some of you, your relationship with Jesus Christ is toxic. What do you mean? 
You've been mad at God for the wrong reasons. See how I wrapped that up and put a bow on it just now? You have been mad at God for something that he is not supposed to be fixing for you. You've been mad at God for things that he's been telling you that you have the power to do. For you have the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Amen. You have the power. Why? Because Jesus is in you. The same Jesus, the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead, that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you. You have the power of life and death in your tongue, the word of God says. It says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But yet we're mad at God because we got to go through something that we asked him to bring us through. God, you ever prayed, bring me there, Lord. I want to be there. I want to be that person, Lord, in my life. And and to be able to give and to be able to, to, to not stress about these things, but to be able to be a light, Lord God, where I can help the lost and help others who are hurting. Those who are going through financial struggles, Lord. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed like your word says. He said, okay, if you want that, you're here. It's there. There's a gap in between. And you have to be willing to go through that valley of the shadow of death to get there. And there's going to be moments where you want to give up. And you're going to get in the middle and you're going to want to quit. But in the middle, in that one place, you can say, thank God. I'm not where I want to be yet. Right? But thank God I'm not where I used to be. And if I can look over my shoulder and remind myself what God done and has done to get me where I'm at, he has the power to get me to the rest of it. Amen. How do you know if it's a toxic relationship? Stand to your feet, if you will. How do you know if the relationship, see, you have to give it time. Remember I read in the very first verse up there, what does it say? It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace relationship, connection, make every effort. But there comes a point where how do I know this relationship is toxic? If it, it can get toxic, but that doesn't mean it's one. There's things you have to do. Three things. Confront it. Someone say confront it. And that means you have to come to someone and say, this has gone too far. This relationship is toxic. Now, after that, if, if you can now come to terms, number two, then you can probably get that thing out of the toxic place it's in. But number three, If that doesn't happen and you can't come to terms, tell someone the last thing to do is this. Cut it off. Cut it off. Why? I am not losing my salvation. I'm not missing out on what God has for me because of you any longer. I love you, but I love me too. And I can't love you if I don't love me. And if I'm not doing the right thing for me, then I'm not going to end up loving you the way that I should. So I've got to cut it off. And I got to love you from a distance. I got to love you from from another town. I've got to love you in an area that you might not like it, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be. How do you know that it's toxic? Remember this, an enemy in your life is anyone that feeds a weakness that God wants to destroy. An enemy in your life is anyone that is investing into a weakness that God is trying to deliver you from. If they're constantly pulling you back into that weak place, if they're constantly pulling you back into the place that God's trying to deliver you from, they're probably an enemy. There's only one thing that you can do, and that's turn to God. So my question for you today is this, as I'm praying and closing out. Do you have the ability today to recognize 
to distinguish what category to put people in that are around you. And not to brand them or expect something from them or God that should not be put on them in the first place. And are you mad at them because of something that you were expecting over their life that they should be doing for you that they really shouldn't be doing for you? So who are the helpers in your life? Who are the friends? Who are the predators that are prowling, constantly feeding off of you and your time and your emotions? And what is toxic in your life? Jesus came to heal this, but he also came to heal this. I want you to bow your head in this room with every head bowed, every eye closed. Can I get our prayer team to come up front? I just want you to line up across the front of this building today. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to sing that song. I'm caught up in this moment. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm caught up in your presence. If you're here today and God has been speaking to you and there's been brokenness, I just maybe in a past relationship or maybe in a marriage, it's just not the same as it used to be, but you want it to be that way so bad again. Maybe your relationship with your children or your spouse is not where it once was. Can I tell you, when God restores, it's never the same as it used to be. It's better because it's been in the hand of the master. Maybe your relationship with God is not where it should be today. And it's become toxic, not because of him, but because you have put expectations upon the father and placed him in areas and categories where he did not belong. If that's you today and you're ready for that to change and you're ready and God has spoke to you and brought clarity into your mind and you want those relationships mended, I want you to walk down here to this altar. We have an amazing team that's just going to talk to you, pray with you today, come into agreement with you. Amen. Come on. Maybe there's a couple here today and you just need, things aren't going bad, but you just want more strength. You want more guidance. You want someone to come into agreement with you just to build that relationship in a stronger way. Amen. Just come on down if that's you today. We're just going to pray with you and believe that God is going to heal it and mend it today. We're going to leave it open for a minute. Let's just sing this song. Any point during this song as we're singing it, God is speaking to you, please don't hesitate. Let today be a day of healing, a day of strength in your life. I'm caught up in your presence. Yes, just sing it with us. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. And I'm not here for blessings. Thank you, Lord. Speak to our hearts, God. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And more than anything that you can do. Oh, I just want you. Yes, Lord. See, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Sometimes we just need to talk to God right now and tell him that. When I've just gone through the motion, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. 
when I just sing another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Can we sing that one more time? Maybe that's what you need to say to God right now. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. So take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Jesus, we love you. Can you join hands with the person next to you right now? I'm caught up in you. Let's just pray presence. as we leave this house today. Look, you might not know them very well. They, they may be a helper to you. They may be a friend to you. They may be an acquaintance to you. You may be holding hands with someone that you, you love, but yet it's a toxic relationship and you need God to mend that. I just pray that as we begin to speak to God, that you, you pray for that person. You might not know what to pray for. Just pray that God will bring peace into their life. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today, God. I thank you, Lord, for your truth, Lord. We know that truth hurts, but you are the way and the truth of the life, Lord. Your word says that your truth will set us free. I pray for every bit of brokenness, every relationship, Lord God, in this room that has gone through hard times, Father that's going through something, Lord God, that they need you in, that you, are, you, you become the mediator in the middle of that relationship, God. You bring restoration, you bring healing, you bring peace, Lord God. But Father, that we have the ability to understand how to categorize those who are around us in the right ways, Father, that we don't put expectations on them that are false and then get mad at them, Father, for what we're expecting from them, Lord. Lord, I pray today that our relationship with you becomes deeper and stronger, Lord than it's ever been. Father, you need us to be healed so we can go out and do the co-mission with you. Father, it's just been a mission for so long. We haven't been helping. <laughs> but God, I pray today that you heal us. Father, someone just lift your hand and say, Father, heal me in Jesus' name because I want to be part of this co-mission with you, Lord God, to reach the lost, Father, to have a tender heart towards the brokenness again, to feel bad for people again, Lord God. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to hit our hearts once again, Lord God, to not be judgmental or to make excuses any longer, Father, but, Father, to have patience, to be slow to speak and quick to listen, Father God, to those who are around us and not to hold an offense, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. We love you. We give you praise and honor. And everyone said, amen. Can you give the Lord some praise in this house today? Amen. We're so happy you were able to watch this and we want to invite you to join us live on a Sunday morning. If you have any questions or you'd like any more information, get connected with us on our social media at L3Church or on our website, l3church.com. Thank you so much for tuning in.